Listeners, hey, Sam here. Before we begin this episode, let me say something. And I want you all to listen real, real good. If you have not watched the third episode of season four of Succession, the episode where a really, really big thing happens, stop playing this episode right now. Just stop playing the episode. I mean it. If you're not caught up, turn this off right now. Do not Keep listening and then send me a nasty gram over a spoiler. This is your spoiler alert right here. You have been warned. Okay. With that, let's begin, shall we? Hey, this is Intuit from Vulture. I'm Sam Sanders. Recall, if you will, the night of April 9th, 2023. It was Easter Sunday. And that day, millions of Christians celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But that night, millions of viewers tuned in to HBO's succession, and they witnessed a death. As you know, my father, Logan Roy, was pronounced dead on arrival at Teterboro Airport this afternoon. I'd like to thank the press for their respect at this time. Logan Roy, the family patriarch and ruler of its empire, died. There he is. That is dead. Characters on TV shows die all the time. But this felt different. More than one outlet wrote an obituary for Logan Roy, my employer Vulture, and the LA Times. Obits that read as if they were describing a real person who walked this earth among us. I love it. It reads, quote, Logan Roy, CEO, chairman, and founder of Waystar Royco, the glowing radioactive core of the American right-wing media machine, left this earth as he lived it, at high speed, climate be damned, hurtling toward yet another scheme to make billions of dollars. On top of that, it seems half the TV viewing internet was incredibly upset that outlets like Vulture and the LA Times would dare publish stories and tweet about this TV death the night the episode aired. I hadn't seen this much anger over a fake person dying on a fictitious show in years. And I'm still kind of stuck on that. What is up with us and spoilers these days? Well, people people got mad. People got a little mad. Just A little <laughs> mad or big mad? Just, yeah, I mean, a little. First of all, first of all, first of all. <laughs> first of all. First of all, Sam. I'm joined by two Vulture TV critics for this one, Jen Chaney and Catherine Van Arendonk. I'm Jen Chaney, and I'm a TV critic and writer for Vulture. Um, Catherine and I kind of have the same job, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm Catherine uh, Van Arendonk. I, um, I'm also a TV critic at Vulture. I, I also write about uh, stand-up comedy, but yeah, we have the same job. Catherine actually got caught up herself in Succession Spoiler Gate. Yeah, so so we published that obit. We also published um, an essay that I wrote. The headline of it on our website was Succession Did It in Episode 3, which a lot of people felt like was... Wait, they thought that was a spoiler? Uh, that that counted, a, that was suggestive enough. Oh, Lord. <laughs> well, and oh, the, Lord. The other thing about that that I do absolutely sympathize with people about, but I also cannot control or fix is that often a piece like this will have two headlines. So it has the headline that we wrote for it, which is, which was succession did it in episode three, but then pieces also have what's a separate um, search engine optimized headline. The SEO headline. Mm-hmm. That's just meant to be 
good for Google. Yes. Right. It is designed to be the baldest possible search terms so that somebody who is looking for this essay on Google would type in those search terms and they would find our piece. And the search terms that we decided they were probably going to be searching for was succession, Dead. Logan Roy death <laughs> analysis, right? And so yeah. when that essay went up, um, that was the headline that Google displayed. Succession, Logan Roy death analysis. There he is. That is dead. What I can tell you is that I uh, we published my essay, and when I woke up the next morning, I had multiple emails, people who had taken no. time to email me because they saw it in their Google carous- like news carousel. What that- did they say? I want you to read me <laughs> the, the worst email. Oh, God. All right. One, one second. Let me, let me pull up. They're, they're angry, Sam. They're pretty angry. Uh... Uh, your article vulture headline just spoiled succession. Hello, I've attached a screenshot of what I saw after Googling succession to find out the time of when it would be on. A spoiler for the episode in the headline of your review on vulture.com. I doubt I am the only person for which you ruined the episode. Thanks a lot. And then a middle finger emoji. My question. A middle finger emoji. Oh, yeah. My question. Why don't you know what time succession is on if you care that much about the show? Why are you Googling it in episode three? It's season four. You should know. Yeah. 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 All right. I mean, if this happens all the time, if people get mad about this stuff all the time, do you feel bad when writers write in with stuff like this? I do. I mean, I of course I feel for these people. I wish that- I don't. Sorry. <laughs> well, I don't. I wish that this had not happened to them, but I don't. I wish it happened twice. <laughs> also, I think I have a bigger question for both of you as people who study TV. Is it actually a spoiler if you say someone died in a show that is called Succession? <laughs> well, that's a great point. It's called Succession. I think, well, first of all, I do want to say, and, and I know Catherine agrees with me, that it wasn't a twist. It was just unexpected, which are two different things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, sure. You know, we know probably he would die at some point. I don't think people were expecting it in episode three. So I do think it was a legitimate surprise and a brilliant one on the part of the writers. Um But I want to use an analogy that has been used before to sports, which is if I know my favorite basketball team is playing a game and I have, you know, another engagement and I miss it, I can't be mad when the score gets reported because that's how life works. And no one ever complains about that, right? If you really want to see the game in real time, you figure out Mm -hmm. a way and Mm -hmm. and it gets spoiled for you. And then maybe you still go back and watch it because you want to see all the dynamics of what happened on the court. This is kind of similar to me, like at least a show of this kind of stakes. But I will say that does not take away from the enjoyment of the episode, which I've watched three times. The fact that I knew that Logan died at the end didn't matter. Like I still enjoyed watching the dynamics of what happened and the brilliant writing and the acting. Like to me, it doesn't, it's not like the only thing you need to know or the only enjoyment you get out of a TV show is just the what happened. There's so much more to it. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I, I cannot endorse your sports take as a person who does not, participate in that culture. But, but if I you respect did, you would agree. A hundred percent, hundred percent. But the sense that like knowing what happens, I mean, spoiling sounds like this binary, right? Either mm-hmm. you watched it unspoiled or you watched it and the whole thing was ruined. Mm-hmm. But in fact, you are simply watching knowing one thing about this episode. Well, this is a thing. One single yes. thing. Most things that we think are a binary are actually a spectrum. Yeah, no, America that. has a hard time with that, Sam. You don't need me to <laughs> they tell sure you. They sure do. <laughs> 
the drama of the succession spoilers and non-spoilers aside, what are y'all's stance on spoilers as two people who are really into TV and movies and write about this stuff? What's your personal stance on spoilers? Do you even believe that it's a thing? Um, I, I think the whole idea of spoilers really was born out of movies first because back in the day, like you had no choice but to watch TV live because there was no other way to see it. Whereas movies, you know, traditionally and still you would see on your own time and not everybody sees them on the first night that they're open. So I, I was always sort of uh, sensitive to that. But I, now, I mean, we're just so inundated with media and our heads are in it all the time that it's just so much easier to be spoiled. So I am empathetic to that. But I also think that, as we've talked about, there are steps that you can take. Um, I did, I talked to a friend last night who was behind on succession, is in the middle of season two. And I asked him, did you hear about what happened? He has no idea. Wow. So nice. I'm like, how? Um, So there is a way to like protect your brain from the information. It just requires more effort now than it used to. Yeah. Okay. Catherine, what's your spoiler take stance I mean, I love spoilers for myself. Like if Whoa. I know if I know that a spoiler is out there, I will actively seek it out. I don't know if you remember Jen. Oh, you're weird. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow. So uh, there's like this long tradition of when Nielsen ratings sort of ruled what um, network TV schedules were like. There were these posts um, that Michael Osiello used to do. I think maybe the TV line might still do, but it's like, all right, it's Nielsen's. So we have this list and they're blind items. Like how many episodes, like on 12 episodes, somebody's going to get married. Mm. On 13 episodes in May, there's going to be a baby born. On 12, on like seven episodes, a major character dies. And you could look at the list and be like, ooh, I bet one of the major character deaths is going to be Grey's Anatomy. I bet Uh the baby born is going to be this one. And I have just always been fascinated by that as um, a way of interacting with TV in particular, because unlike a movie where, yes, I I, uh, completely agree with that sort of spoiler etymology, but the other thing is like you go into the theater, you see it, you come out, you're done. But -hmm. because TV is this much longer relationship that we have with these characters, the idea of a spoiler is a lot more like gossiping about like your friends, like, are they going to get married? Are they not going to get mm-hmm. married? Is, when is the baby going to be born? Right. Like, are, you know, and so this ability to sort of like guess, know, think about what happens in the future does not mean you don't want to spend time with your friends anymore, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. j- because yeah. I know they're going to get married, I'm not going to be like, well, I'm done with that friendship. Doesn't mean yeah. anything. And yeah. so TV to me feels like that, which is why I'm like, yeah, tell me there's going to be a wedding. I don't care that, I mean, I want to know that there's a wedding, but I really care about watching it. How does it play out? Does your mom get drunk Mm -hmm. like these are the things that are actually meaningful for me in this relationship that's what a spoiler is for me it's just like okay that's what's going to happen but that's not what I get from it that's not the whole thing yeah Yeah. I mean I remember reading Romeo and Juliet in honors English sophomore year of high school I loved the experience and I knew since I was five (laughs) that they die I knew shit they do (laughs) still read the book oh my god Sammy oh no Spoiler alert! <laughs> I was also going to say that sometimes internet chatter of that kind can be helpful. Like, oh, yeah. I was thinking before we got on to record this that there was a time when Mad Men and Game of Thrones were on at the same time. And I was recapping Mad Men. And at the time, they were not, or at least this particular week, they had not given a screener in advance. So I was watching it live and then trying to write about it, but also had an eyeball on Twitter and was seeing people freaking out over a Game of Thrones episode that, of course, happened to be the Red Wedding. Right. And... Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I had not read the book, so I did not know the ins and outs of the Red Wedding, but I was like, shit, I got to watch that as soon as I'm done with this recap. And and it was like helpful for me to know, like, I need to prioritize that because everybody's talking about it. All right, more spoilers after the break. Yeah, buddy. But first, if you like this show and want to support it, we could use your help. Follow the show on Apple Podcasts or subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and leave us a rating and a review. Spoiler alert, we read them and appreciate the feedback. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's the official vulture stance on spoilers? And does that differ from the two of y'all's personal stance? So our official stance is we are not going to what I think would actually be a spoiler, which is tell you something before it aired. Like that is mm-hmm. a re- like the classical definite. You, yeah. you could not see it, but I know that. it. Ha- no, yeah. we're not going to yeah. tell you something before it aired. And we try to avoid spoilers in our on-site headlines and in images too Mm. so if like you know if i had written succession killed logan roy in episode three that headline would not get posted if we did an image where it's like a giant body bag and there's an arrow pointing to it that says this is logan roy he's dead like that's not going to happen yeah but we are going to cover things particularly things we know people are talking about and care about in a timely fashion, Mm -hmm. right? Where the calculus gets more difficult, you know, a weekly show to me is very easy to figure out. Where it gets more difficult is when you have a Netflix show, for example. And a dump of all the episodes. Where they drop them all at once and something big happens in the finale or later in the season and we have to figure out like, when is the right moment? How much time is is a reasonable amount of time to give people to have seen it? And also to let us be kind of out in front of it. And I feel like the calculus around that, it, you know, shifts a little bit sometimes depending on what we're talking about. But to Catherine's point, like the overall agenda is to be sensitive to our readers while also trying to, you know, be ahead of the game in terms of talking about this stuff. I want to talk about how we got to this specific moment in spoiler, no spoiler culture. It feels like it's never been at a higher fevered pitch Hmm. and i want to figure out how we got there but we got to start out by talking about where it came from i found out just a few years ago that the very idea of spoilers it wasn't always with us and it Mm -hmm. kind of showed up in the 70s yeah and it kind of started 
And like a fake magazine thing in the humor magazine, The National Lampoon. They were the first to use the word spoiler in like 1971. And they claimed to have the trick ending to every mystery novel and movie you're ever liable to see. And they said, (laughs) quote, saves time and money. And they kind (laughs) of did it as a joke. And as a sample, they gave away the final twist in Psycho, (laughs) which like, we know, girl. But that's where it came from. I still can't. I don't know. I'm not a TV critic, but whenever I recall that and like know that it came from there, I'm just gobsmacked. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that crazy? It, it is. is crazy. It is, but it is also so it, that is where the our use of the word spoiler came from, like that specific term. But people like wanting to know what happens at the end of a thing is that's been is with us since there was plot. Much yes. older than that. Yes. Um, famously, Charles Dickens was serializing the old curiosity shop and like he got off the boat in America and was mobbed by people who were furious that he had <laughs> killed little Nell, right? Like so yeah, spoiler is a is a new term. Wanting to not know or know what happened is, I think, a little bit older. But the other thing about our current spoiler culture that I think is so heightened is that because we live in this algorithm where Mm. we are constantly being fed things that are like, here's the thing for you. Like your viewing experience is not a collective experience anymore. It is in this bubble. It's just you. And so the spoiler feels like the moment where your bubble was pierced, right? Like personal attack. Somebody else's viewing experience interjected into your tiny little algorithmic bubble. I think this is actually good for all of us. It turns out we live in a world with other people and our <laughs> our viewing experiences cannot only just be the exact perfect curated thing that Bam. is in front of our face. That part. Listeners, write that down. <laughs> Take it to heart. But I, I would say to go even you know further old school for a minute, like even before social media existed, there was just not as much entertainment coverage, you know, yeah. back in the day. Um, for example, like, I don't know how I did this, but I probably waited like three weeks to see The Sixth Sense and I did not know the, the ending. So I was really That's surprised. That's funny. You know, and like now I think there's I no way. The first, yeah, there's no way. Also, fun side note, I watched it the first time and didn't get it. I had to watch it again. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, there we go. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. I mean, so I think that the proliferation of entertainment coverage, which has then been taken to a higher degree because of social media and the way that we're all immersed in that um, has kind of changed the landscape of, of spoilers. Like, as I was saying before, it used to be like when people wanted to know who shot JR, you had to watch Dallas when it aired and you had to wait like multiple months over the whole summer before they to get that information. Yeah. Um, and that was just the way it worked. And if you didn't see it, you didn't see it. And you, and you, ran into somebody on the street or you went to work the next day, which is where the whole water cooler concept comes from. And somebody told you what happened and that was just how it worked. And you just functioned that way. And we're both, we're both impatient as a, as a culture now to know everything right away. But then to Catherine's point, when somebody actually does that, yeah, yeah, but, but, but we also want to do it on our own time. And those two things can't totally coexist comfortably. Oh, totally. So then if since the days of Charles Dickens, people have been worried about having plot reveals before it's time or wanting to know the plot, and 1971 brings us the word spoiler, 
when do we enter our current spoiler moment? And, like, I have a theory. I think that, like, all of our, and we've kind of alluded to this, I think all of our angst collectively over spoilers is entirely a symptom of the loss of TV monoculture and the era mm-hmm. of streaming and on-demand. I think that's what did it. I think, like, if you can watch everything on your own timeline, it makes spoilers even more critical to your experience. And I think when you have people who can complain about everything on Twitter, that adds to it. So I would say, like, if I think of how and when we entered our current spoiler era, I think it's the confluence of streaming culture and online Twitter discourse culture around TV shows. But I wonder, when do you two think we entered this current moment of spoiler angst? Gosh, that's tough. I mean... I remember it really being an issue when Lost was on the air. I was going to say, Jen's going to say Lost, uh, and I think no, she's I right. Mean, it doesn't even matter what the question is. Jen's going to say Lost for yeah, some yeah, reason. Fine with it. Fine with it. <laughs> um, because I think that show really coincided with social media uh, being really central to the conversation that we're all having about TV shows. And it was very much like you had to watch every week to keep up with everything that was going on, which for a while that was, you know, things were not serialized. Like a lot of network television was thought people don't want to do that. Um, So when Lost was on and and it started telling stories where you had to watch every episode or you'd be lost, it kind of changed the game in terms of reminding people that that this is how people actually do like to engage with storytelling. And I remember, you know, when I worked at The Post and like the first or second season of Lost, like we had like a a gentle person's agreement among our corner of the office. Like if you didn't watch it last night, tough shit, because we're all going to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I I agree that 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 show felt really important for this moment of like turning a corner, not just because of its like big, huge sort of culture eating size, but because it was a show where it felt like people were watching it in different ways. Some people were watching it for, you know, these characters and their interactions and sort of the overall experience of the show. But there was such an intense like Easter egg twist reveal mystery box element of that show that it also fed into this sense that I think we are still suffering from now that the plot is the thing that matters about a television show. Mm. So I I think Lost is a really important um, okay. moment. I, I wish that I had been watching TV, uh, uh, grown-up TV, at the time when Twin Peaks was on because I would oh. be really curious to know what conversations about plot and spoilers were like for a show like that. The other thing that I think is important to point to here is soap, where um, the idea of a soap opera, a daily TV show, mm-hmm. where you not even every week. And it's only plot. It's every, only plot. Every day you have to sit and watch to discover who is now married to who and what mm-hmm. surprise twin turns out. But because that is, that is the bargain that you make with it, you also then are uh, accepting of the fact that you're going to miss things, you're going to be spoiled about things, that it is not as much about the plot as it is about your relationship with these characters, Um, which is a long answer to say. It's been growing for a long time. I would also say to to the point you were making earlier, Catherine, about the Osiello columns where they would say there's going to be a wedding, there's going to be... It used to be, you know, on broadcast TV when when we cared about sweeps and there was a set schedule, like you kind of knew... In May, big shit was going to happen. I loved uh-huh. that. <laughs> I loved that. And I miss that era yeah. can so we say, much. And I hate to be this person. Can we define what sweeps are for yeah. our listeners who didn't live in that era? Sure. Yeah. 
the the Nielsen ratings are uh, were for a long time the only way that we uh, were able to measure how many people watch a television show, but they didn't measure it uh, thoroughly constantly. They would do surveys every single week, but at certain points during the year, particularly in like September and then again in like December, Jan, there was like a winterish one. I and think it was, no, it was November sweeps no, and May sweeps. Were May the sweeps were sort of the biggest ones. These would be the weeks where like your ratings would get most thoroughly measured. You would have this mm. big, intense audience survey of who was watching and how they were watching and how many people were watching. And those numbers then defined your advertising rates. And so shows would do everything they could to drum up as much audience as possible during those weeks. So you're going to promote heavily the fact that their beloved characters are now going to get married in those weeks. You're going to do all kinds of teasers for weeks on network television about how the thing you, the mystery you have, the murderer will finally be revealed, the whatever. And so you have this incredible collective experience of like, it's May, shit's going to go down yeah. on television. And we don't yeah. have that anymore. We like don't. Sweeps don't. really does not matter. And obviously with streamers, everything is on its own timeline to the point that, you know, people like Catherine and I who do this for a living are like, wait, they're doing three episodes this week and then two next week and then the rest mm -hmm. of it's like, and so just keeping track of when anything is coming yeah. out is so hard that the sort of tropes and the understood like formulas of when things would happen have oh, been completely gone. disrupted. They're gone. I will say my favorite sweeps leitmotif uh, was a female character on the show, usually a sitcom, giving birth in a car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of giving birth in a car. Yep. Cars, elevators. Uh-huh. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, stuck in a, a grocery store. A lot of surprise mm -hmm. births during sweeps weeks. Twins show up. All oh, kinds twins, of stuff. Yes, yes. <laughs> Calling all female runners, it's time to lace up and join Team Milk. Since the 2022 New York City Marathon, Team Milk has sponsored female marathon runners nationwide, providing support and shining a spotlight on their unique stories, perseverance, and drive to go the distance. Why milk? Dairy milk is an excellent nutritional ad for both marathon training and recovery. Milk contains 13 essential nutrients, including high-quality protein, making it a crucial component of a training diet. Plus, it's one of the best beverages for hydration, even better than water. The same electrolytes that are added to many of your favorite sports drinks are found naturally in milk. And in 2024, Team Milk is taking the next step to empower female runners by launching the only women's marathon in the U.S. designed for and by women. Built to be accessible, empowering, and community building, the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16, 2024. You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. The episode of Succession was spoiled for me. I was out of town over the weekend and took Easter Monday off. And I was with friends in the BF up on the coast, gallivanting in the sand. So I knew I was going to watch Succession later, but I got several group chats texting me about Succession that night. Hmm. So it was spoiled for me, but I took like 10 seconds and I could have chosen to be angry, but I chose to be at peace. Oh, Sam, that's so nice. I or, know. Or, or did you choose to be excited to then watch it? Because that's how yeah, I would feel. exactly. And it's like, how do we get viewers 
to do more of that. How do we get all viewers to be more like me? Yeah. Is what I'm asking you. <laughs> yeah, I heard it. Is there like a method or a practice that we can recommend to disgruntled spoiler haters to just say, here's how you can calm down about this? Is it like 10 deep cleansing breaths? Is it a walk around the block? Like what would you, two Vulture TV critics, tell people to do if they are too stressed about spoilers? I mean, this is hard uh, because it, it requires re-educating people and rewiring people's brains. But I think it goes back to something we've all been saying, which is the plot is not the only thing. And there's so much rich detail to get out of TV that is going to surprise you, even if you know this one detail that that so-and-so died or so-and-so got married or whatever, Mm -hmm. that it's still going to be a rich experience. Like, stop watching things just to know what, but to know how and why Mm -hmm. and all that other... The stuff that's the really good stuff. Yeah. I mean, I would also say, like, think about the word spoil itself. Uh, Bam. Are you actually now ingesting something that will harm you? (laughs) Probably not. Is the TV show, in fact, ruined? Is your experience ruined? Probably not. And I would also suggest that people think back to the stories that they loved most as children. I guarantee you, you watched Little Mermaid 4,000 times. And it's not because you didn't know what was going to happen to the Little Mermaid. Um, We can all go back to that place where knowing what happens makes us appreciate it more. Also, if you're feeling really, 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 really some kind of way about spoilers on TV and it's taken over your life, maybe talk to your therapist about that because uh, yeah. something else is going on. <laughs> something else is going on. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. I do want to take some time since I have two Vulture TV writers here to maybe try to update unofficially or could be official Vulture's spoiler guidance. It might become the official Vulture rulebook. It might just stay in the confines of this show. (laughs) But if the two of you were writing the Ten Commandments of Spoiler Etiquette for 2023... There is no freedom without the law. What are your commandments? Well, first, don't publish before the damn episode is over. Yeah. (laughs) All right, that's one. Two would be to use best practices in headlines for anything that comes out that same day. The headline could suggest what has happened to anyone who knows. But even our Logan Roy headline, Obit headline, was not Logan Roy dead. It was a suggestive headline about Logan Roy. So headlines, be cute, don't be explicit. Same for SEO headlines? SEO headlines Mm. are the wild, wild west. Mm. Don't Google things. <laughs> don't Google it. All right, commandment three is don't Google things. Don't Google things. If you're worried about spoilers, don't be Googling. Nope. All right. What's the fourth commandment? I think if you're writing something after an episode has aired, barring recaps, and you're saying something, whether it's a, an interview or an essay or whatever it might be, if there is something big, I, I don't think it's asking too much to say, this is a major spoiler I'm about to reveal so that people can skip over it if they want to. Mm. I think the other commandment that I would say is... If you have been spoiled, do not (laughs) treat it as a personal attack. Oh, that's for the viewers. I like that. Which leads to the next commandment coming from me, which is you could just be quiet. You could just be quiet. You could just be quiet. Well, and this here's another one, which we already kind of talked about. Uh, If you imagine you're going to be really mad if you're spoiled by something, prioritize the TV show that you're going to be upset about for a week if it gets ruined for you. Yeah. Yeah. Also, next commandment in this spirit, the next commandment is... Put your phone down. If mm-hmm. you're at all worried about spoilers, put your phone 
down. Understand that the more you allow notifications into your phone, the more chance you'll have to see a spoiler. So, like, either you're screwing with do not disturb mode or you turn off the notifications or you just put the phone down. That's a commandment for me. Put the phone down. Yeah. Um, much th- loath though I am to endorse a, like, neoconservative personal responsibility up by your bootstrap sense of how one interacts with the world. Unfortunately, it is your personal responsibility to avoid spoilers. <laughs> wow. It is. It's Not true. personal responsibility. Personal responsibility has entered the chat. <laughs> until we can accept that we live in a collective society, which we certainly cannot, and t- until Google is uh, government controlled and we can submit these kinds of spoiler requests to them, then uh, no, uh, it's personal responsibility. The GOP it's platform the, of TV viewership. <laughs> And maybe the most important commandment, which we already talked about, is consider that what happens in the show is not necessarily the most important thing or the most Mm. enjoyable thing, and that there's so much more to get out of the experience that cannot possibly be spoiled for you by anyone else. Yes. That commandment is free your mind and the rest will follow. Like, Mm -hmm. understand that TV is more than plot. That's the info (laughs) commandment. Free your mind. Free your mind. Other commandments. I like this. Keep going. I like this. I like Ooh. this. I like this. Oh, spoilers, How many spoilers. do we have, Sam? I lost <laughs> As many as you want. As many as you want. Um, Don't email Catherine Van Arendonk and give her a middle <laughs> finger emoji. Like, what are you? Why? It's not okay, necessary. That, oh, actually, that's good. Like, if you feel the need to write something to TV creatives, are there commandments around how to do that? Uh... Well, don't. certainly don't don't be don't <laughs> complain about being spoiled to the people who made television. They had absolutely no control over whether or not and oh, how I like you that. saw their thing. It's not the TV writer's fault that it was spoiled for you. It is I, not. It is and not. It's not the cast's fault. It's not nope. any of their faults. Nope. Mm. Nope. Nope. It's our fault, but it's not their fault. <laughs> um, but it is like uh, the internet will is spoiler zone. The internet is spoiler Bam. zone. Mm -hmm. So that's a commandment. Understand that the internet is the internet. Yeah. And act accordingly. Yes. This conversation about spoilers was more real than any spoiler could ever be. Mm. Think about that. (laughs) Think about that. Real spoilers was the friends we made along (laughs) the way. Thanks again to Vulture critics Catherine Van Arendonk and Jen Chaney. All right. Intuit is hosted by me, Sam Sanders. The show is produced by Janae West, Travis Larchuk, Gabby Grossman, Jelani Carter, and Taka Zen. Our fearless editor is Jordana Hochman. Our engineer is Daniel Turek. Our music is composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. All right, we are back on Friday with a brand new episode. Till then, go watch Dallas. I love that soap opera. Spoiler alert, he dies. But also, spoiler alert, he comes back. Okay, bye. Our lovely colleague Janae was wondering if we might wrap by having the two of you just spill as many spoilers as you, as you can possibly think of in like 20 seconds. Uh, well, at the the last episode of Sopranos cuts to black and it is this moment of incredible ambiguity and it's made people angry forever. Okay. Everybody on Lost is not in purgatory. That's not what happened. They just went to a place where they could all be together and Jack dies. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Jack dies. The good place um, is actually the bad place. Sorry. Um, the dad on Twin Peaks did it, sort of. Sort <laughs> no, of. He, he did. I think it's he fair did. to say he did. He did. He did it, yeah. Sam and Diane do not end up together. Uh, Ross and Rachel were on a break, but uh, then at the end, uh, he gets off the—one the, of them gets off a plane. I don't know. The, the, the being on a break, that's an ambiguous 
Yeah, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if I agree. I don't know if happy I agree. endings is canceled after three seasons and we never have closure. Uh, Deadwood also canceled. Also canceled. Also no 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 closure there. At the end of Six Feet Under, everybody dies. Uh, everybody yo. dies. Everything ends up okay for all of them at the end of Insecure. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, at the end, Jesus comes back. Oh, Bruce back. Willis is dead. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Willis is dead. Not in real life, in the sixth sense. sense. In yeah. the sixth sense. Oh, Jesus comes back? G- uh, allegedly. Wow. Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running, and that's not the case. Most runners hate running, <laughs> but they choose to do it. In the new docu-series, Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers learns why women runners everywhere are driven to go the distance. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. Team Milk is about fueling women's performance and helping them along their marathon journeys. You can sign up now for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon, taking place in Savannah, Georgia, on November 16th, 2024. Learn more and register at everywomansmarathon.com. <laughs> 